<laughs> uh, if you don't like that, something wrong with you. <clears throat> Amen. I know everybody's got their own preferences and all that kind of stuff, but I'll be honest with you. If it's about Jesus, it's good. It is good. Amen. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Peter chapter number 3. We are going through the book of 1 Peter. Uh, been preaching several weeks on this subject or on this, this book. And I'm glad to know that Jesus saves. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, uh, we, you say, Hi, we're not going to have much time. Well, we're going to talk about the husband so we don't need much time. <laughs> and all the husbands said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, I've heard there's been some interesting conversations this week. That's all I'm going to say right there. <clears throat> Husband and wife were going through some rocky times, and, and uh, just in this particular situation, they've been giving each other the silent treatment. How many of y'all know what the silent treatment is? Yeah. How many of y'all? Yeah. Well, buddy, you've had it now. Because <laughs> you're going to get it, amen. <laughs> Giving each other the silent treatment, just stubborn, hard-headed, you know, prideful, wouldn't give in. And the husband didn't want to be the first one to give in, so he took a little piece of paper, but he had to get up the next day at 5 o'clock in the morning, and he needed her to help wake him up. So she, he wrote down on a piece of paper, Please wake me up at 5 o'clock in the morning or I'll miss my plane. So the next morning he wakes up, it's 9 o'clock. He has missed his plane and he is furious. And he turns over and looks at the pillar and there's a little pad on the pillar that says, Wake up, it's 5 o'clock. <laughs> Moral of the story. It's, you ain't going to win. Say amen, man. Amen. Aren't you glad you can smile when you go to church? I'm glad I'm not one of them mully grub churches where you can't enjoy yourself and have a good time. Amen. First Peter chapter 3. Let's just read this verse, verse 7, and we'll, we'll jump over to Ephesians chapter number 5 uh, and, and put it together, okay? Uh, likewise, verse 7, likewise ye husbands. Now, why did he put the word likewise there? Because in the last two chapters, God has been instructing us how we should be as Christians, how we should be as Christian employers and employees, how we should be as Christian citizens. Now, how we should be as Christian spouses. We dealt last week how uh, the, the Christian wife should be. We found her role. Her role is a helpmeet. God gave the wife to the husband to be an encouragement, an affirmation, a support unto him in his leadership, to follow him, obey him, submit to him. Now, what is the role of the husband? It says, likewise, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Well, we need to get that that your prayers be not hindered, that your prayers be not hindered. Now, I'm going to flip over uh, to Ephesians 5 and verse number 25. There is a, a, a great description given to the responsibilities of the husband here, so we'll put these together and study them today. Husbands, love your wives, 
even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ in the church. What is he saying? The marriage is supposed to be an illustration to your children, an illustration to the lost world about the relationship between Christ and the church. The husband is a type of Christ. The church is a type of the wife. And, and this is supposed to illustrate the relationship between the two. Now, as he continues reading, verse 33, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for your goodness today. Thank you for a sweet spirit in this place. Lord, thank you for an enjoyable time and a time that we can just think about what you are and what you've done for us and that you are enough at any time. God, I pray your perfect will be done. I pray that you'll anoint me with the Spirit of God. I pray that you'll give me the words to say. Father, I praise you and I thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Number one, if we're taking notes, husbands, uh, uh, first, we must know our role. We must know our role. What did God put us here on this planet for when it comes to our relationship with our wives? Uh, we said earlier that our wife is our helpmeet. God created Eve for the purpose of supporting her husband, Adam. She was a helpmeet. She was an encourager. She was an affirmer. She affirmed him and supported him. She had what he did not have. She was the counterpart to, to Adam and was there to be a blessing and support to him. Now, but what is the husband's role? Specifically, what does the Bible say? Uh, we can have all the opinions we want, but honestly, opinions are worth nothing. We have to have Scripture. What does Scripture say? If the Bible says it, it's so. Amen? So, what does the Bible say? What is our role as a husband? In, in Ephesians chapter number 5, in verse number 23, a few verses up from what I read, the Bible says, For the husband... Now, now, let me go back to verse 22. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, why should you follow him? Why should you submit to him and, and obey in his leadership as he leads in the home? It says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. So, husbands, you're the head. According to the Word of God, you are the head of the household. You are the head of the home. You are the head of the family. You are the head of your wife. Now, I went to Webster's Dictionary, 1828. I want to know what was the translators thinking when they used that word. So I looked the word up. This is what it says. The head is a leader. He's a commander. One who has the first rank. Or the chief. The chief. Every man, all of you husbands in here, look at your wife right now and say, I'm the chief. 
Y'all some cowards in the house. I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I am totally ashamed of you right now. Go ahead, go ahead. It'll be all right. Tell them, say, I'm the chief. Tell me, let me hear it, all right? Look straight on. I'm the chief, amen? <laughs> Trying to be biblical here, people. Now, are we reading the Bible? That's what the Bible says. Now, now, here, here's what the Bible says about being chief. In Matthew chapter number 20, Jesus is speaking in verse 25. Jesus called them unto him, and he said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. That's a real chief. A chief is not someone who stands around and barks orders. A chief is not one who sits and, 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 and lets everybody uh, 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 serve them hand and foot and, and all of this kind of thing. You see, we, 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 have, we have distorted what the Bible has taught about biblical leadership, not only biblical leadership, but biblical submission. And because of that, it's created abuse in the home. You have people saying, uh, you know, I'm the head, and you're supposed to submit, so you act like a dictator. And, and listen, guess what? You will stand accountable for that one day. What is a biblical chief? What is the biblical uh, uh, direction? What is the, what is the biblical illustration? I don't think there is a greater chief than Jesus Christ. Would you all agree? Now, is, does the Bible, have we not read several times that the husband is a type of Christ, right? The husband is a type of Christ, and the wife is a type of the church who follows Christ and submits to Christ and obeys Christ. But what did Christ do when he came? He was the chief. He was the leader. He was first in rank. He was a commander. But guess what he did? He got down on his feet and washed other people, excuse me, got down on his knees and washed other people's feet. He said, I didn't come to serve or have be served or be ministered to. I came to minister. What was he? He was a servant leader. Say that with me. He was a servant leader. Now, what is that teaching us? According to the Bible, husbands, husbands, listen, get this. We are responsible for serving our mates. We are to humble ourselves and serve and meet the needs of our mates. That's what it means to be a biblical chief. How about it, chief? Amen? Listen, what does a chief do? What does a chief do? First, first, I can, and I'm giving you biblical illustration. Listen, first, a chief, he is a provider. It is the chief's responsibility to provide for the village or for the tribe or for whatever, whoever he is chief over. It is his responsibility. It's not the follower's responsibility. It is the leader's responsibility. The Bible says this. Men get this. 1 Timothy 5, 8. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. In other words, chief, if you're not providing for your family, you're worse than an infidel. 
You've denied the faith. You've denied your responsibility. It is your responsibility to provide for the home. Now, let me, let me, let me delve into that just a minute. Because I know we live in a crazy society where everything is backwards and everything is different. And, and especially in the workforce and in the home, uh, there was a day when the husband went off to work to make a living and the, and the wife stayed home and she took care of the home. And, 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 but now we've got both sides working and all that. So let me, let me address that a minute. <clears throat> I, know, I know it is what it is. I, cannot, I do not preach in a perfect society. If I preached in a perfect world and a perfect society, there wouldn't be no divorce. There wouldn't be none of these other issues. So I, I know that's not reality. So let's address it with both of them working. It doesn't matter, men. It doesn't matter if both spouses are working. You're responsible for the bills. And what I mean by that is you're responsible for the worrying part of it. That is not her responsibility. That is your responsibility. Whether you both work, I don't care if she makes more money than you. You're the one that's wired to handle that type of stress. You're the one God gave to that person to protect that person and provide for that person. When I went to get married, I was in Bible college, and I lived in the, in the, the penthouse above the clubhouse of the golf course where I worked. And I, I had everything free. Say Amen. A big screen TV is about that size, no cable bill, no food bill. There was a restaurant in the bottom. Somebody say amen. And I had to get married. What was I thinking? Amen. I was thinking she was wonderful. That's what I was thinking, baby. I was thinking that. I don't know where you are, but you're in here somewhere. I just want you to know I left all that for you. Amen. That's good, ain't it? Got back, all right. Listen, if I got married, I couldn't stay there. So I called my father. My dad's old-fashioned, y'all know him. I called my father and said, I believe I found the one. Because he's down in Florida. We were, I met in, in South Carolina where I was going to Bible college. And he says, you did? I said, yes, sir, I believe she's the one. I believe we're going to get married. And he just, he's just, just pulling me right in, you know. He said, man, that's great. That's wonderful. I said, I want you to do the, the wedding. He said, man, I'd be glad. I'd be honored to do it. And then he said this, where are you going to live? Where are you going to live? I said, uh, well, we're probably going to stay with her, her parents for a little while till we get. Uh, and he said, well, then I ain't marrying you. I said, Dad, it was a break in the line. I couldn't hear what you were saying. What did you say? He said, well, I'm not marrying you. I said, why aren't you going to marry me? He said, son, when you say I do, she is your responsibility. And if you don't have a place to take your wife and to provide for your wife and to take care of your wife, you don't need a wife. You need a better job. And he wouldn't marry me. So I found the Roach Motel. Amen. We lived in a tin box about what this wide and about that long, but it was our home. Say, all we needed is love and roach spray. Say, amen. But it was ours, $210 a month. Bless God, I found it and I got married. Yeah. But you know what he taught me? She's my responsibility. 
When I said I do, it was no longer her father's responsibility. It was mine as the God-given responsibility that God gave me. It was my job to pay her bills. It was my job to provide for her clothes. It was my job to provide food. It was my job to... Now, I know we, I know we have a situation in, in the society today, and that's fine. I don't have no issue with that, y'all. Whatever we have to do to do this, but I promise you this, guys... It is your responsibility to make sure they're paid and not put that stress on her, biblically speaking. Are y'all with me? So, so you take that any way you want to take it, but you're the one wired for it, not her. So it's our responsibility. Are you with me? Now that we're all mad, amen, let's just, let's just move right along. And let me say this. While I'm here, ladies, if he has to say no to something... Don't bow up at him when he's trying to lead. If he is leading and he is trying to, to make sure the, the provisions are in the home, don't try to live outside of his or your means together. Because you have unbelievable power of persuasion and influence and they don't like the silent treatment. Let me tell you how much they don't like it. They'll be willing to condemn themselves to be with you. Let me prove it. Adam didn't have to take that fruit. But Eve, or excuse me, Adam knew that Eve, it was over. The only way he could stay with her is to take that fruit. You have great influence and power over your husband. Be careful with that. Use it for a good purpose. Amen? Chief, chief, we are providers. But not only providers, but according to the Bible, we're protectors. We're protectors. It says, honor her as the weaker vessel. I know the culture today is wanting to say that men and women are the same, but that's, that, that is not even scientifically true. Men, you have, a, you have a denser bone structure. Your muscle structure is different. Why? Because God created you to protect her. God took a rib out of your side. Not out of your feet so you could walk all over. Not out of your head so she could rule you and tell you what to do. But out of your side, which is the closest to your heart, under your arm, where you can cover and protect her. Listen, you are to protect her physically. Physically. Listen, you say, preacher, but I'm not that big-sized fella. And, and there's other people out there. Smith and Wesson will take care of that. Yes. Listen, God created all men, but Sam Colt made them equal. Say amen. <laughs> Does your wife feel secure with you? Does your wife feel secure with you? You need to provide security. Because when she feels secure, she feels loved. And it's our responsibility. Now watch this, guys. Watch this. Not only, not only does she need to feel secure physically but she needs to feel secure relationally. What does that mean? You don't need to be flirting with every waitress that comes to your table. She don't need to be on edge all the time worrying, are you going to leave, are you going to run out? And You, you don't need to threaten uh, to leave all the time just because you don't get your way or you get mad or you get upset or something. Because she needs to feel secure. And I went, now, 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 ladies, now, ladies, help me now. Just keep the elbowing and amens. Just let me finish. Because I'm not typically through with you yet. <clears throat> Am I right? Listen, we are to protect them. 
We are protecting. That is our role as chief. Not just to provide, but to protect. And this could be the biggest, most important one. Our role as priest. Say that with me. Our role as What does that mean? You're the spiritual leader in your home. You're the spiritual leader in your home. You are to take the initiative when it comes to spiritual matters, spiritual issues. She doesn't need to be the one to have to drag you out of bed to get to church this morning. She shouldn't have to drag you or beg you. You should be leading the way. When I was growing up in our house, there was no question whether we went to church. There was no, I wonder what we're going to do today. No, sir. Our Father led the way. Listen, we are the spiritual leaders in the home. We, are to, we determine the spiritual climate in the home. That is our responsibility. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the scariest moment of my life when I was holding Jordan in my hand, she was just a baby, just a, just a few days old, and, and, and the thought came in my head that one day she's going to go to heaven or hell. I mean, this was is, this is my pride and joy. This was one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me in my life, and I, I can't even describe the love I had for her and the thought that she could go to hell. And the Holy Spirit just crawled in the chair with me and said, Son, what are you going to do to make sure she goes to heaven? We're the spiritual leaders in the home. We're the chief, remember? Listen, we are to take the initiative and lead as priests. We're to lead as protector. We're to lead as a provider. Church, say amen. amen. Listen, number two. Not only do we see the role of the husband... <clears throat> The role of the... And by the way, guys, I know what you're thinking. Listen, this thing's beat me up all week long. I've done apologize to Tammy three times this week. <clears throat> I don't like it. I, listen, it's not that I don't like it. I don't like how I have not been living up to it. Here's what God commanded you. Here's our responsibility. We see our role. We're the head. We're the leader. We're the chief. Now, God's given us some responsibilities. This is amazing. You know, the wife is to submit and follow the husband. She is to obey the leadership of the husband and submit to him, not give him grief every time he leads in a certain way, not to give him the silent treatment all the time. But, but watch what it says. Watch what it says. The role of the husband, or excuse me, the responsibility of the husband, this is what God commands the husband. Love your wife. It doesn't say, it doesn't say subjugate her. It doesn't say bring her into obedience. It doesn't say, beat her down till she submits. It doesn't say none of that. You know why? Because he can't make her do anything. Just like ladies, you can't make him do anything. Husbands, they can't make you lead. They can't make you take initiative. They can't make you step up. Now listen, let me say this as respectfully as I can. Please help me with this. Uh... I have seen some real overbearing women and real timid men. And I just and, and I've heard him. I wish he would he would stand up and speak up. Well maybe you need to shut up and sit down. And I don't I, I'm trying to be as respectful as that. Maybe they will lead if you'll let them. Listen, guys, they can't make you take the initiative. They can't make you lead. And ladies, ladies, it, it, listen, you can't, you can't change him, he can't change you. So what we have to do is focus on our own issue. You remember what I said last week? 
that, that, that when we look at these messages, we need to focus on our responsibilities. Take the initiative to love your wife. You love her. What kind of love? He describes it. It's the highest form of love. It was the love that Jesus had for the church. The Bible said, who gave himself. It's the type of love that sacrifices. Say that with me, men. It's the type of love that... In other words, he gave up his life so the church could have a life. He who was rich became poor that we might become rich. He gave up his life so we could have life. Here's the, here's the point. What God is saying here, every husband, you're to give up. You're to sacrifice your life, your desires, your wants, your issues, so that she can have her needs fulfilled. Now, here's the problem, though. We're selfish. Men, we're selfish. I've looked back from the beginning of our marriage, and I think so many times all I could think about was what I wanted, what I wanted to drive, where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, my hobbies, not even considering. And you know what that is? That is selfishness. That is not selflessness. That is not giving up anything. That is saying, it's me, it's me, it's me. Well, that's the exact opposite. Now, what does that do? It creates resentment in my spouse. It creates bitterness in my spouse because I'm saying I don't love you because all I'm thinking about is myself. And when I create an unloving atmosphere, that to them, they will come back with disrespect. And so when there's no respect, I'm not feeling loved either. And now we got a cat fight. Now we're scrapping and fighting. And, and, and you know, you say, well, preacher, who starts it? Guys, we do. Well, my, I was going to get one of them papers and fill it out, but, but, but my wife didn't pick up hers last week. Well, you pick up yours. You, you can't control her, and it's not up to her. It's up to you to be you. Well, she had hers first. No, we take the initiative. We're the leaders. The chief goes first. The chief leads the way. The chief shows the initiative. Whether she picked it up last week or not, it does not matter. It's irrelevant. God has called you to be the leader. God's called you to take the initiative. God's called you to be first. Go after it. You start loving, and I guarantee you, it'll change the way she behaves towards you. Listen, if we love in a way that's sacrificial, if we love in a way that's giving, it's amazing when you define love in the Bible, everywhere you see love, it's about giving. For God so loved the world that He... He gave his only begotten son. And I'm not talking about giving a minute or giving the spare. It's always about giving your best. Y'all with me? Listen, love her. That's your command, to love her. In spite of who she is. In spite of what she does. In spite of whether she respects you or not. Love her. Love her. Ladies, when he tries, be lovable. Be lovable. All right? And when he tries, don't tell him five ways he did it wrong. Take what you get and appreciate it. And maybe he will learn. All right? Love you, wives. This is going wonderful. <clears throat> Look at First Peter. He said, husbands, love your wives. Say it with me, men. Husbands. Say it again. 
Now watch what 1 Peter says. You're going to love this one. It says in verse 7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. What does that mean? We're not only called to love them, we're called to know them. We're called to know them. Another <laughs> one, one commentary wrote, dwell with them in an understanding way. And I'm like, <laughs> right. I saw a picture, I saw a picture on it, it said, the book for understanding women. It was this tall. Listen, guys, I, I don't think, I may be wrong, but I, I, don't, I don't think we're ever going to fully understand them. I'll take that amen there. Now, ladies, can y'all get with me on that? Can you agree with that? That's, that's probably never going to be a reality that we completely understand you. But it didn't say understand. The commentary was, you, you know, he did his best, but that's not what the Word says. And I would say this, hey, ladies, y'all ain't never going to understand us. You just ain't. It's not good English, but it works. It ain't. It ain't happening. It says, dwell with them according to not. It means to know them. To know them. Me and my wife, not long after we were married, I was preaching a revival in South Carolina. And, uh, and, and, and during that revival, one of, the, one of the families in the revival asked us to come over to eat at their house. So this was an older couple and their family and all that. And, and, uh, and, uh, and during that time we was at their house eating, I was in the kitchen, and I think Tammy was there in the kitchen uh, sitting at the counter or whatever, and Granny was in there cooking with her back to everybody, just cooking. And she was just, you know, just doing her thing but listening. Well, me and Tammy was having a discussion. <laughs> How many of y'all have ever had a discussion? Well, we were discussing things. <clears throat> and I was getting aggravated, and I'm sure Tammy was already there. And, and so Tammy went out of the room, and it was me and Granny. And Granny was still working, never even turned around. And she just said, with me at the counter, she said, Preacher? I said, Yes, ma'am. She said, if, if you would learn your wife like you learned that Bible, you'd get along a whole lot better. nosy woman <laughs> you know what she did she just quoted first peter chapter three now let me let me i'm, I'm gonna give a revelation it's gonna just just husbands it's just gonna just i mean you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna see stars and everything not because she hit you neither amen <laughs> how many of you husbands get frustrated with your wives because they they play the guessing game on you it's okay, you can say, come on. And then it comes back to this. And then it comes back to this. Well, if I have to tell you, then that... Yeah. 
There's been times I said, Timmy, just write it down. I want to please you, darling, but I don't know what you're thinking. I don't even know what. Just write it down on a piece of paper. I'll go right down the list. I won't miss not one number. And she'll say, if I have to write it down, it don't count. (laughs) Are we keeping score? What do you mean it won't count? (laughs) I'm not doing something I'm supposed to. You won't tell me. I don't know what it is. I can't read your mind. If you'll tell me, I'll do it, and then we'll quit arguing. (laughs) I'm preaching now. Uh, wait till I'm finished. <clears throat> I just didn't get it. I just don't understand. We could get along real good. This is not complicated. I mean, we could have a wonderful marriage. Just write it down. I'll do it. That's it. <laughs> and then, then we was in a small group. And it came to me. It wasn't that she wanted me to do the list. That she wanted me to care enough to search her out. So how do you know somebody? By observation. By interrogation. Y'all with me? Finding out. What's the big deal? I just, I'll do just that. No, she wants me to take the time to know her. And I thought, that's work. That's, that. And it was like God just said, look, you know, it's not about the list. But when you take the time to know what she's thinking and to know what she's needing It's not about getting a list done. It's about the time you spent to get to know her. Because when you care enough to try to find out what she needs, you are showing her. But when you don't want to take the time to find out these things, you just want a list, you're trying to shortcut the process. I'm like, oh. Guess what, guys? Love is about a choice. Love is not a feeling. God chose to love you. This is the kind of love we're supposed to have for our spouse. You see, those, 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 that, those feelings that we call love is usually lust. Marriage usually starts with lust first, not love. And that euphoria usually goes away in two years or two months, depending <clears throat> But guess what? After that, you choose to stay. You choose to bless. You choose to serve. You choose to sacrifice. No matter what she is, no matter what he is, when you choose to stay in the deal and work it out, that's love. Do you know your spouse? So How am I supposed to know her? It's called communication. It's called putting a video video games down it's about putting the phone down and facebook down it's about turning the tv off turning the sports channel off putting the magazines down and talk talk 
communication. I'm out of time. Here, here's the deal, but I'm, I'm going to finish. <clears throat> We're, our responsibility is to love them. Our responsibility is to know them. To know them. Our responsibility is to honor them. It says, honor your wife. The word there means cherish. It means to, to value. It means to see something precious. In other words, it's like fine china. You know the stuff we're not allowed to use? Y'all with me? Y'all still with me in the balcony? Everybody with me? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You, 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 you're delicate with it. You're tender with it. Sometimes we speak harsher to our wife than we do the operator on the phone. That's not honoring them. And by the way, by the way, uh, ladies, if you want us to treat you precious, then act precious. Act tender. Act soft and supple. Say amen. I've seen some ladies, you worse than a man. Don't put yourself in a man's position and, and get in their face and do all this kind of stuff. Be what God's called you to be. Amen. You treat them with tenderness and honor. Amen. <laughs> Lastly, here's a husband's reminder. Here's a husband's reminder. Look what it says. Look what it says. In, in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together the grace of life. Three things, real quick. Here's a reminder, men. Don't forget this. Our spouses are fully equal in Christ. You may be the head, but when God looks at you, He looks at you equally. You're heirs together. There'll be no marriage in heaven. Listen, there'll, there'll be no, no ranking in heaven. And by the way, let me read something about that rank so we can understand this. We must not think the word submission when he says submit is as slavery or subjugation. The word comes from the military vocabulary and simply means to arrange under rank. The fact that one soldier is a private and another is a colonel does not mean that one is necessarily better than the other. It only means that they have different ranks. God does all things decently in an order. Say amen. God has an order for everything. If he did not have a chain of command in society, we would have chaos. The fact that the woman is to submit to her husband does not suggest that the man is better than the woman. It only means that the man has the responsibility of headship and leadership in the home. Y'all with me? Men, listen, don't forget, in God's eyes, in Christ, we're equals in Christ's eyes. B, not only our spouses are fully equal in Christ. But our treatment of them will affect our prayer life. Look what it says. It says, As being heirs together the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Men, there may be some things you've been praying for needing God to do for you, but they may not be taking place because you're treating your spouse wrong. According to this verse, our prayers will be affected by how we treat those underneath us. How we treat those that we lead. How we treat those that we are responsible for. Let me tell you something, guys. We need to get this. Because God is serious about the treatment of the weaker anything. What does he say about true religion? Take care of the widows and the orphans. Why? They're weaker. God hates bullies. 
God always expects the strong to take up and protect the weak. And the strong, watch this, lastly, our behavior toward those we lead will be accounted for one day. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them. Now this is really addressing people in the church with the leadership of the church. But it also can be applied to those who are leading others. Obey them. This is Wives, this is to you. Obey them that have the rule over you. It's obvious in Genesis. It started in Genesis. God has put the man as a, as a ruler, or as a leader, and as the, the chief. Submit yourselves to them, for they watch for your souls. Now watch, men, as they that must give account. What does that mean? One day, we're going to stand before God for how we treat our wife, how we treat our children, uh, leaders, uh, employers, employers in the house. If you're a jerk to your employees, one day you're going to stand before God for those who were under you in rank. Listen, uh, uh, whoever it is, teachers, whoever it is in authority, whoever it is in leadership, one day we will stand before God how we treat people underneath us. Don't forget, my... my my, uh, my, my siblings have a, have a sister and a brother. And sometimes we'd get a little honorary with each other. <clears throat> and uh, there was one phrase that would kind of change everything. Don't forget, daddy's coming home. <laughs> Guys, ladies, this is on both of us. How you treat your husband and how your tr- husband treats you, don't forget. Daddy's coming home. One day we're going to stand before him. Guys, here's your marriage challenge. It's on all the, all the, the invite card tables. Uh, here's the do's, do I, and there's a list of things here. I want you to take this. Here it is. Give this list to your wife with an envelope. Tell her you're trying to grow as a husband, a father, and in your personal relationship with God. You're looking for specific things to ask God to help you with in your marriage, and you need her help. Ask her to place a check mark by each item that you frequently do or put, and put the list back in the envelope on the dresser. Promise her, and this is the only way this works, promise her you won't talk to her about it, but you need the information. By, in other words, don't give her grief because she checked three things and said, no, don't, don't do that. You take it to the Lord. Listen, do that, put it up, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you with it. And all the men said, amen. amen. Pick these up. Listen, we need to pray for each other. Because, ladies, the only way you're going to biblically submit to your husband, men, the only way you're going to take the initiative and lead your household is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way we can love them the way Christ loved the church is to have Christ in us. And, guys, I know they're to submit to us, but we are to submit to Him. They are to follow us as we are following Him. And all God's people say it. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'll help us now. Lord, bless.